going to start a new series this morning, and it's on Proverbs. Um, haven't been in Proverbs uh, for a long time. It's been about 10 years. And um, Proverbs is a difficult um, book to preach from just because you can't just take a text and walk through it because there's just a different subject to every verse, you know, as you walk through it. And so you preach through uh, Proverbs more connecting themes and all of that. But I want to start with a little poem uh, that you may have heard. King David and King Solomon lived many, many lives with many, many concubines and many, many wives. But when old age overtook them with many, many qualms, King Solomon wrote the Proverbs and King David wrote the Psalms. <laughs> Solomon had more than his fair share of wealth and wisdom and beauty. But when it came to the end of his life, what he really treasured and what he really valued and what he wanted to pass on to the next generation was wisdom. And that's a good goal for those of us who have reached middle age. What is it that you're wanting to pass on? The wealth isn't going to matter too much. All the other things in life that we can pass on isn't really going to matter too much, but can you pass on wisdom to the next generation? We should be investing in the younger generation, not simply physical resources, but wisdom and a way about thinking about life that will carry them through. Solomon left us a great legacy of wisdom here in this book of Proverbs. And yet his own children ignored the wisdom that you and I have in this book. They did not apply their hearts to wisdom, and it became the undoing of Israel. You remember Solomon's son? He rejected the wisdom of the elders, and he went and got some ruffians to advise him, and it split Israel in two. The Israelites said, woe are we, everyone to their tents, and they left and they formed a separate nation. And so you had Israel and Judah from that time on, two kings, uh, three kings into, into Israel. That is partly because David and Solomon knew how to live better than they lived. They had knowledge, but they didn't practice it very well. And we will always, always influence the younger generation more by what we do than how, what we say and what we know. We will always influence the younger generation more by what we do than what we say, what we preach, what we know, all of that. Now, Solomon also wrote a lot about women. <laughs> and yet women were his downfall. <laughs> but at the end of his life, 
he writes about the first nine chapters, a third of the book of Proverbs is about the warnings against adultery, uh, you know, against the lifestyle that Solomon had lived uh, most of his life. Solomon also wrote on child rearing and yet failed to raise a son who had the wisdom to listen to wisdom and, uh, again, split Israel in two. Um, Solomon was like the wisest person on earth, and yet he didn't apply the wisdom in his own life early enough on. So what, what do we do with this? What do we think about that? And one of the things that I think that you and I need to realize when we think about Proverbs is this. We too often think that our head will save us and help us beat the system. We think that what we know, just knowing it, will be enough. But the problem with us is not up here, primarily. Now, Proverbs is all about a book about wisdom. But if you and I don't understand that the problem is not primarily here, it's primarily here, that we have most of our issues, we will end up in a, in a nightmare. Solomon's biggest problem was not the fact of all his wisdom. It was the fact that his heart was not right. His heart was not surrendered to the good knowledge and wisdom that God had given to him. He was not surrendered to God, even though he was the wisest man that had ever lived. You can be intelligent. You can, you can teach at Harvard or wherever you want to go, but if your heart's in the wrong place, you don't have wisdom. You have knowledge, it may be a bad knowledge, but you have knowledge, but you do not have wisdom. Wisdom is based in a heart that is right with God. And so you have to ask this question, is your heart and your head headed in the same direction together? If you can't bring those two things together, you do not have wisdom. Those two things have to be pointed in the same way. Solomon had a heart that was not surrendered to God. And, and so wisdom here is, is this. Wisdom is functioning out of both a heart that is surrendered to God and a head that is, has an informed mind. You need knowledge, but you need a heart that is surrendered to God at the same time. So, Here's Solomon. He comes to the end of his life. And what he values most in life is wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verses three, uh, 13 through 15 says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire compare with her. Now, we used to sing a little chorus called More Precious Than Silver. Um, and, and that comes right out of this verse. And you'll notice that in, as we sing that, the words to that have nothing to do with wisdom. 
<laughs> now, this verse is clearly tied to wisdom. So why do we sing that verse and say, Lord, you are more precious? It's because the author of that song understood that when, when Proverbs was uh, speaking of wisdom here, he understood that there is no wisdom apart from Christ. There is no wisdom apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to have that. And so that's why we have the words um, in that little chorus that refer to the Lord and that he is the, you know, the, the prized ruby, <laughs> the prized jewel of our life. Because it is in a relationship with Jesus Christ that we receive wisdom. Now, Proverbs chapter 4, verses um, 5 through 8 says, Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words. Do not turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. <laughs> so the first thing, you, you know, the way to get wisdom is just to start getting wisdom. Um, go after it. Uh, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. And then Solomon says this. The difference, wisdom is the difference between life and death. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 34 through 36 says, Blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors. Waiting at my doorway for those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Wisdom, godly wisdom is the way to live is what he's saying. And if you just ignore it, you hurt yourself, you harm yourself. So what is wisdom? As you look at the book of Proverbs, wisdom is insight, it is good sense, it is judgment that leads to a lifestyle of wise attitudes and choices and healthy relationships. I'm going to say that again. Wisdom is insight, good sense, and judgment that leads to a lifestyle of wise attitudes and choices and healthy relationships. Wisdom is about embracing Christ. Again, there is no wisdom apart from God. That, that, that is the source of all wisdom. And so wisdom is about embracing Christ and at the same time, friends, embracing a lifestyle that honors and reflects Christ. We live in a culture where we want to just uh, say the sinner's prayer and... Um, you know, raise our hand and say, we've accepted Christ, and then we go on our merry way and do nothing else with him. Wisdom is going that next step. Wisdom is following Christ, bringing him into our life day in and day out, and living in a way that honors and reflects him, because that is, in the long end of things, the best way to live. It will be the best thing for us. The best thing you can do with your life is trust it to God and see what he does with it. So wisdom is also about establishing some boundaries um, on your conduct. Wisdom puts filters on your mouth. 
It puts filters on what you put on social media. Um, wisdom is proper instincts for knowing when and when not to act or react. Wisdom is not about just taking all the fun out of your life, but rather wisdom is about channeling your energies and your resources to the right places so that you get the biggest bang for your buck <laughs> in the long scheme of things. Wisdom is about getting to the best destination in the best possible way. Wisdom is all of those kind of things. Now, I've just defined wisdom you know, in a dozen different ways for you. Uh, and maybe one of those really sticks or helps you think about it. But that's what, what Proverbs is all about. And if you look at most um, Bible reading plans, they will almost invariably make sure that you're in the Proverbs at least a verse or two almost every day. Because Proverbs is that wisdom for life that just leads you and directs you and just gives you wisdom for life. Now, by way of introduction to the book of Proverbs, there's a couple of things I want to say to us. First of all is this. You are not born wise. I was not born wise. There isn't a single one of us that gets born and we're just born wise. Solomon was not born wise. We should never come into life just thinking, well, we are wise. <laughs> we aren't born that way. Um, and, and so that's something very simple, but we need to recognize that fact. Wisdom has to be desired. It has to be chased after. It has to be wanted in your life. So if that's the case, then where do we get it? Where do we go for it? And Proverbs says, suggests several things to us. And the first one is, he says, you know, if we are born without wisdom... One of the primary places where we begin to attain wisdom is from our parents. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 through 22 says, My son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. Now, not everyone is fortunate enough to gain a lot of wisdom from their parents. Because sometimes parents don't have a lot of wisdom. Um, and there's been many times I didn't have a lot of wisdom in raising my own kids. So that's not always the case, but, but that is where you and I should start gaining wisdom is from our, our parents. Um, we do need to understand that from God's point of view, the duty of parents is to model and to instill godly wisdom in our children. That is one of the primary roles of parents, is to model and to instill godly wisdom in our children so that they know how to live life well. That means that when they're this tall and they're asking why questions, 
all day long. <laughs> that is a key time for us to take advantage of the fact that they're still asking the question because there will come a day when they won't ask you anymore. <laughs> um, and so you ask, you answer those questions to give them wisdom. And we need to give our children context for the knowledge that they have, for what they see. We need to give our children insight. We need to give them understanding so that they see more. I mean, they get... We forget how much we've learned in life. But these little kids, they get bombarded, and they get bombarded with a lot more stuff every day than you and I did at that age. And so they need a lot of context, a lot of insight, and a lot of understanding poured into what they are bombarded with every single day of their life. That is how you start imparting wisdom to them, is by answering those why questions and, and instilling that in their life. Now, no matter what family we come from, our family values and traditions have been contaminated by human sin. <laughs> there isn't any one of us here that came from a perfect family that had perfect wisdom. So, some of us, less than others. But the fact remains that all of us have, you know, had our wisdom contaminated by the sinful, uh, sinful nature. And, and um, so all of that needs to be tested and purified by God's word. So that, you know, even if I had come close to having uh, perfect parents, I would continually have to go through um, the way my family did things does this meet the standard of God's word? I can't just assume that the way we do things is the right way. And that's kind of human tendency is to think that the way I do things, the way I think about things, the way I react to things is the right way. Wisdom says no. Wisdom says I always have to check what my experience, my background, my way of reacting, my way of thinking against the word of God, against Christ, and see, okay, does this work? So we can't just assume that the way our parents did things is always the right way of doing things, though that is the original starting point for attaining wisdom from our parents. Wisdom also comes from our experience, uh, from what we have observed and from what we have practiced, uh, from what we have done well <laughs> and from what we have done poorly at. There's a lot of things that you and I have learned a lot of wisdom from when we failed. <laughs> a lot of times God uses that in just wonderful ways that teach us wisdom. Um, and quite often we learn better from failure than we do from success. <laughs> and sometimes when you and I have failed, we, we shouldn't just go off in defeat. But we need to look at that and say, okay, God, this is a prime opportunity for you to give me some wisdom and to teach me and to move on. Then. Um, the main theme of Proverbs, however, from all those other sources, from parents, from God's word, and from experience, the main theme of Proverbs is that wisdom comes from God and specifically from the fear of God or the respect of God. 
Um, the fear of God, Proverbs says, is the beginning of wisdom. Now again, what does that tell us? If it's the beginning of wisdom, there is no real wisdom without Christ. There are people out there without Christ that have a lot of common sense. But that's not wisdom that we're talking about here in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come understanding and knowledge. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, as we look at the book of Proverbs this morning, what are the chief values of it? Why do we want to look at it? Why should you read the Proverbs? Number one, Proverbs is about developing character in your life. If you read through the Proverbs, there's just an incredible amount of stuff that, that Solomon has to say to us. And, and if, you just don't, if you just ignore it, you are not developing the character, the characteristics that God, that you need to function well in life. You cannot function well in life if your character is low. Character is helps you function well in life. And so Proverbs is all about developing character that helps you function in life. Um, and you have to be able to discern that character and the character that either other people have or don't have. You have to be able to discern character in ourselves, in others, to know how to wisely counsel ourselves, our spouses, our children, and other people that come in. Wisdom is important for that. The book of Proverbs, secondly, reminds us something that our culture constantly um, downplays. Our culture tells us that knowledge is all important. And the scripture and Proverbs says, no, wisdom is all important. The practical application of knowledge that helps you live well, that is what is really important. Our problem is not a lack of knowledge, but a lack of practical application of what we already know. The biggest spiritual problem I have in my life is that I have preached way more good stuff than I live. <laughs> Hands down, the biggest problem I have in my life is I can preach a lot better sermon than I can live. The biggest problem we have is not knowledge. The biggest problem we have is a practical application of that knowledge. There is no limit to what we can do because of our knowledge. But without wisdom, we misuse knowledge and we don't use it for good without wisdom. Thirdly, Proverbs does this. It teaches us that what is right is also good. You see, another lie of the devil, and this is and I see this increasingly um, in our culture today. The devil will want to convince you 
that what you know to be right is not the best thing for you. If you do the right thing, you're, you're going to miss out on something good in your life. And Proverbs says that is not the case. What is right is what will lead to the best life for you. Again, it's a matter of trust. If you say no to certain temptations because it's the right thing, and the devil will tell you, man, I'm going to miss out on so much. If I really fully commit my life to Jesus, I'm just going to miss out on all this stuff. Well, he doesn't tell you what you're going to gain. <laughs> he doesn't tell you that, no, that's when your life really comes together is in a relationship with Jesus. And so our world constantly tells us that if you do the right thing, that's not going to be the good thing for you. Proverbs says, no. <laughs> Solomon had done that. He had tried to live a double life. He knew the right thing, but he chose something else because he thought it would be better for him. And he gets to the end of his life and he says, well, that didn't work out. The, the right is also the good for us. We may pay temporarily for some choices that we make for our character, but in the long end of our life, we will come to find out that what is right is the very best thing for us. Proverbs also warns us of potential dangers. Um, it teaches, like Jesus in the parable, in, uh, by parable, um, instead of by exposition. Um, Jesus, you know, when he was out on the Sermon on the Mount, he would just use one parable after another. And that's kind of how Proverbs is. It just takes things from life and just throws them out there. Uh, and they kind of seem unorganized sometimes and all of that. But there's just all these little parables that um, Solomon uses to teach us. And so sometimes, you know, you and I can go to some parts of the Bible and, and there's, there's chapters in Romans that till the day I die, I'm not going to fully understand. <laughs> but there's a lot of Proverbs that you can just, you can read it and you know exactly what he's saying. And so if you're struggling with trying to, oh, I don't understand the Bible, go to Proverbs, try it out. Because <laughs> most of it is crystal clear. Um, we just don't want to do it. <laughs> and so we have to get, we have to make a decision that we're going to apply and do the word. And so Proverbs is a great place to go to because Proverbs just lays things out in a very clear manner. And then you and I have to decide I trust God. This is God's wisdom for my life. I trust it. By doing this, this will be the best thing uh, for my life. Um, and then lastly, I think one of the reasons that you and I need to spend time in Proverbs is Proverbs is God's counseling book. You know, if you went out to try to get a book that would counsel you on how to live, God's already written it. And, and Proverbs is that wisdom that gives us 
direction and how to live our lives day in and day out. So, I want to say to us today that your life and my life is too good to build on any other foundation than the Word of God, uh, than to build it on any other foundation than the wisdom that comes from God. Solomon had experienced everything under the sun, and it was meaningless. It was a mere chasing after the wind. When Solomon came to the end of the end of his life, what he really valued was wisdom. And so if, you're, if you are needing to know how to diagnose and repair a problem on your vehicle, and you want a manual, you probably want the manual that goes with the make and model of your vehicle. Right? It's common sense. But... So often in our lives, when we want to know how to fix ourselves, we try to use a manual that was designed for something else. (laughs) God created you, and he created me. He wrote the manual on how to live for us. So if I've got a John Deere that's broke down. I'm going to get in trouble here with my farmers. But if I've got a <laughs> if I've got a John Deere that's broke down, I don't want to go get a case manual to find out how to fix it. But most of us do that very same thing in our lives. God made us. God created us. God wired us. God knows how we should live our lives. And where do we go when we can't figure it out? We go somewhere else to some other manual that's foreign to us, that didn't design us, that doesn't know how we're wired and all of that. We need to go to God's book. We need to go to the Bible and we need to go to Proverbs to see God's counseling manual that was written for us to tell us how um, we sh- we are best to function in life. Um, And then we have to seek it. We have to desire it. We have to chase after it. That's what Solomon says at the end of life. He says, chase after wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5. We're in in James and the quarterly um, right now. Wonderful book. James 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. 